This is Gerald Smimmons. We have to ask ourselves, why are we still so interested in the Idaho 4 Moscow murders case? Well, the answer became apparent to me when we were in the tour, the part where we're in the living room, and we play the TikTok of all the roommates there still alive, still young, still vibrant, living their daily lives, joking, laughing, having fun doing imitations of each other. That's the answer to me. That's why I'm still interested in this case because they should not be dead. It is hard to believe that they are dead. They should not be dead. They should be continuing their lives. And it's hard to believe that they're gone and we're not even their family members, their friends and family. I can't even imagine. This doesn't make any sense how senseless violence could have taken the lives of these people but it's not exactly senseless is it somebody had to plot somebody had to plan and however this turns out and it'll be going to court pretty soon they're not coming back they are really gone that's still hard for me to accept today we're going to do a tour of the idaho for moscow Murder House, as it's called. And it'll be torn down soon. They're, the roommates are no longer living. The two that survive are, thank God. But the memories will be gone. The house will be gone. But it just does not feel right. It doesn't. We can look through the house but we're still not going to understand maybe we'll get some answers sometime in the future they're never going to be satisfying though are they so glad you could be here all right there's one thing i'm going to do right now one thing only and that is we were going to go through the Moscow Four, the Moscow Four, Idaho Murder House. That is all we're going to do right now. Nothing else. Let's do this. All right. Here we go. This is a house. Let's go ahead and look at it from a drone footage. You make sure you guys are seeing it. I want you to see it large. I want you to see it large. I'm going to play this, by the way. Um, that's pretty good. There, that's better. All right, here we go. All right, so you're seeing all these photos. This is from drone footage. Such a unique-looking house. It will forever be burned in my mind. If they ever make a movie about this, you know, I'll have to make a house just like this. Because in this case, this house, this unique looking uh, house is going to be is uh, pretty much a character in this whole Idaho 4 story. All right. I think I missed something here. 
Okay. A lot of people think that this ladder was actually used for someone to gain access to the house. All right, so that is outside the house. All right, we're back in front of the house. Let's go ahead and go inside. As we go through, there are clips to be played, which we'll play. Let's go around a little bit. You can't see this any longer on Google Earth. All these houses are clad in the same gray. Fit right in. All right, this is where it starts. You can look this way, left, look right as you walk in. And this gives you a little bit more information from the first court appearance. These are the people that were murdered in this house. This is Ethan Chapin, Xander Kernodal, Madison Mogan, and Kaylee Gonsalves right here. And of course... You know by now they caught one, Brian Kohlberger. His first court appearance, second court appearance. But right here is a legal process update. And the discovery, the full affidavit. Which is interesting on its own. But we're just going through the house. We are just going through the house, but I will play this. Prosecutors in Idaho say a secret grand jury has indicted the suspect in the murder of four University of Idaho students. The Lata County District Court clerk tells ABC News the grand jury returned a multi-count indictment against Brian Koberger, including four counts of first-degree murder. He's accused of stabbing four University of Idaho students to death in an off-campus home. ABC's Kenna Whitworth has been tracking this story for us. She joins me now along with ABC News legal contributor Brian Buckmeyer for more. Kenna, how significant is this indictment? Well, look, Diane, it's huge. This is really the first step in the legal process. And this grand jury indictment now foregoes the preliminary hearing that we all had marked on our calendars for the end of June. So we heard this morning from the Lataw County District County Clerk, again, confirming that a grand jury in Moscow, Idaho, has returned a multi-count indictment against Brian Koberger. And that includes murder in the first degree of which he was facing four counts. You also have to remember he was facing that felony burglary count as well for entering a home breaking into a home with the intent to commit murder so what all right so those are the some of the things that he's going through as of 17th of may 2023 we have the timelines the infographic timeline but really what we want to focus on what i want to focus on is the actual house so Let's go back and go in and start looking. Let's go around. Okay, here we go. This is the first bedroom. This is a vacant bedroom. Electric circuit panel box. Okay. The images from Zena Kernodal's Facebook page. It shows a mattress she wanted to sell. This is what they used. Zena. From Zena, you mean Zana? Misspelling. Here's some pictures of this, real live pictures of this room. Although 
this 3D modeling is so good you can't tell. This is Zena Kernodal's Facebook page. It shows a makeup desk she wanted to sell also. It shows the kind of locks that each individual room had in it. This bedroom was vacant at the time of the murders. Let's continue on here. All right, right here we have a bathroom. We'll go right here. We'll look. This is another bedroom. This is Bethany Funk's room. That is Bethany Funk. I heard people call Bethany Funky. That's not really cool. That's not her name. It's Bethany Funk. This utility room. And here's a picture. All right, let's go on. This is the bedroom of Bethany Funk. Two of the interviews included BF, Bethany Funk, and Dylan Mortson. Both BF and DM were inside King Rowan residence at the time of the homicides and were roommates to the victims. BF's room was located on the east side of the first floor of the King Road residence. So this is from the affidavit. Affidavit, Exhibit A. Let's get some of these pictures. Nice, nice room. Can you imagine having your own uh, house or you had a room rented in it this close to the college when you were that young? That would have been amazing. Wow, this is how people lived. I had to go in the military. But it was still some good times. Don't get me wrong. Still good times. Your life, everybody, I know you don't believe it. Your life is what you make it. So go make it. All right. Let's go up these stairs. On November 13th, 2022, at approximately 4 p.m., Moscow Police Department Sergeant Blaker and I responded to 1122 King Road, Moscow, Idaho, to assist with scene security and processing of a crime scene associated with four homicides. Upon our arrival, the Idaho State Police forensic team was on the scene and was preparing to begin processing the scene. Moscow Police Officer Smith, one of the initial responding officers to the incident, advised he would walk me through the scene. Okay, that was from the affidavit read by AI, no doubt. Was it read by me? Okay, we just went up the stairs. You can see the, the what they use is the living area, the common area, whatever they want to call it. Right, we just walked up the stairs. That's where we're at. Let's look at a picture right here of everything. This is going down the stairs. This is to the left. This is that was from before they moved in. There's the good vibe sign. The infamous good vibe sign. All right, let's look around. I'm surprised. Yeah, let's stand here. Living room view one. another picture we'll see what we have okay don't want to miss anything because I want to show you guys everything okay I wonder if the couch came with the place I'm thinking it did there's another set of stairs right here I'm gonna I'm gonna go through the connecting hallway and look at this other room 
All right. It says speculation that Ethan was found here due to ambiguous interpretation of the affidavit. Let's click in here. Just before this room, there was a bathroom door on the south wall of the hallway. As I approached the room, I could see a body, later identified as Kernodal, laying on the floor. Kernodal was deceased with wounds which appeared to have been caused by an edged weapon. Oh, my God. Let's click in here. All right. This is where Xana was found on the bedroom floor. This is a closet. This is the door to the outside. This is where the blood was found outside of the house. You see, this is the room that we're in right now. This is where Ethan's body was found, where Xana's body was found. And this is where the blood was found running down the wall, and it was verified to be blood. All right. Okay, we're going to stand in the different areas. Officer Smith and I entered the King Road residence through the bottom floor door on the north side of the building. Officer Smith and I then walked upstairs to the second floor. Officer Smith directed me down the hallway to the west bedroom on the second floor, which I later learned, through Zana's driver's license and other personal belongings found in the room, was Zana Kernodal's room. Just before this room, there was a bathroom door on the south wall of the hallway. As I approached the room, I could see a body, later identified as Kernodal's, laying on the floor. Kernodal was deceased with wounds which appeared to have been caused by an edged weapon. Also in the room was a male, later identified as Ethan Chapin. Chapin was also deceased with wounds later determined to be caused by sharp force injuries. When they talk about it that way, it makes it sound so generic, doesn't it? What happened in this room is horrible. Look at the textures on this bed. It's quite something what they can do with 3D now. I almost wonder if what the jurors are going to be able to see is going to be this good. Or maybe they're going to look at this. Apparently, they have no problem with having it the house torn down. Okay. Let's go into the living room. Here's their TikTok. Guys, you like pretty dick in here. It's 9, 10. Guys, can anybody drive me to class? I'm fucking late for my mission. I'm supposed to be doing 10 minutes ago. Did anybody do their chores today? Fuck, I'm just gonna do it. Did you see that right there? Oh, shit, you guys. It's 8. Gotta go. Jake's gone. Oh, Jake's gone. Oh, my God. I look horrid. Yeah, I got a good pull. Yeah, I failed. Oh, Zara, do like a white night? Like, let's just do a white night. Yo, 
Is it okay to have a party? Like, just three or four people, at most. It's hard to watch, but it lets you know that real people lived here. It does. All right. So here we are. It's time to go up to the next level. Right now. All right. So this is us looking right here into the third level of the house, up those stairs to the third floor. Right here is where there was a latent shoe print location. That's what it looked like from the affidavit. Due to the processing of the crime scene, investigators found a latent shoe print. This was located during the second processing of the crime scene by ISP forensic team. By first using presumptive blood test and then amino black, a protein stain that detects the presence of cellular material. The detected shoe print showed a diamond-shaped pattern slim, similar to the pattern of a Vans-type shoe just, out the do- just outside the door of DM's bedroom located on the second floor. This is consistent with DM's statement regarding the suspect's path of travel, but when we read the affidavit, we never see that there's a match with a shoe and with a cold berger. Okay, confirmed intruder's path of travel to exit point. The male walked towards the back sliding glass door. DM locked herself in a room after seeing the male. DM did not state that she recognized the male. This leads investigators to believe that the murderer left the scene. All right. Okay, this is DM's bedroom right here. DM stated she originally went to sleep in her bedroom on the southeast side of the second floor. DM stated she was awoken at approximately 4 a.m. by what she stated sounded like Goncalves playing with her dog in one of the upstairs bedrooms, which were located on the third floor. A short time later, DM said she heard who she thought was Goncalves say something to the effect of, there's someone here. A review of records obtained from a forensic download of Kernodal's phone showed this could also have been Kernodal, as her cellular phone indicated she was likely awake and using the TikTok app at approximately 4.12 a.m. DM stated she looked out of her bedroom but did not see anything when she heard the comment about someone being in the house. DM states she opened her door a second time when she heard what she thought was crying coming from Kernodal's room. DM then said she heard a male voice say something to the effect of, It's okay, I'm going to help you. At approximately 4.17 a.m., a security camera located at 1112 King Road, a residence immediately to the northwest of 1122 King Road, picked up distorted audio of what sounded like voices or a whimper followed by a loud thud. A dog can also be heard barking numerous times starting at 4.17 a.m. The security camera is less than 50 feet from the west wall of Kernodal's bedroom. DM said she opened her door for the third time after she heard the crying and saw a figure clad in black clothing and a mask that covered the person's mouth and nose, walking towards her. DM described the figure as 5 feet 10 inches or taller, male, not very muscular, but athletically built with bushy eyebrows. The male walked past DM as she stood in a frozen shock phase. The male walked towards the back sliding glass door. DM locked herself in her room after seeing the male. DM did not state that she recognized the male. This leads investigators to believe that the murderer left the scene. The combination of DM's statements to law enforcement, reviews of forensic downloads of records from BF and DM's phone, and video of a suspect video as described below, leads investigators to believe the homicides occurred between 4 a.m. and 4.25 a.m.
All right. Here's a picture of her bedroom, what it looks like empty from the real estate pictures. Right here, there's a supplemental view of DM's view at night from the doorway when she saw the intruder. Wow. See that? So dark. It looks very dark. Let's turn that back on. Oh, Lordy, where am I even at? Why am I looking up at the floor of the ceiling? All right, so let's walk outside here. All right. So there's the kitchen. Intruder's path, travel to exit point, click. Okay, we looked at that. This is a kitchen. We'll come back to this. This was his exit point, right? We need to go up to the third floor first. All right, up the stairs. Here's a photo of everything. Here's Maddie's room. Here's affidavit. I then followed Officer Smith upstairs to the third floor of the residence. The third floor consisted of two bedrooms and one bathroom. The bedroom on the west side of the floor was later determined to be Kaylee Goncalves's room. I later learned, from a review of Officer Nuna's body camera, there was a dog in the room when Moscow police officers initially responded. The dog belonged to Goncalves and her ex-boyfriend Jack Duker. I found out from my interview with Jack Duker on November 13, 2022, that he and Goncalves shared the dog. Officer Smith then pointed out a small bathroom on the east side of the third floor. This bathroom shared a wall with Madison Mogan's bedroom, which was situated on the southeast corner of the third floor. And there you go. Her boyfriend, Jack Ducor. He calls it Duker. All right. Kaylee's bedroom. Let's go look in Kaylee's bedroom first. This is where Murphy was in Kaylee's bedroom. She wasn't sleeping. She was in Maddie's room at the time. I then followed OSC Smith upstairs to the third floor of the residence. The third floor consisted. Oh, this is exactly what was already read in there. Okay, we're not going to go over that again. We're just going to look around in this room. It makes you wonder if he even, more than likely, he did not go in this room, I guess. But we don't know, do we? Murphy the dog was right there. Murphy the dog. It's odd in this day and age we have so many videos on TikTok and uh, let you know more about the people who lived here and the people that this tragedy happened to and their friends than you ever would have before. You know, afterwards you'd get like a book or something written about it. But in this case, 
You have a lot of information before it's even gone to trial. And there's also a lot of information you don't know. All right, let's go into Maddie's room. All right, let's go. First, let's look at the pictures. There she is in her room. She's happy. There's her boots and M for Maddie. There's some plants. Her room from the outside, just a few days after, during the investigation. Okay. As I entered this bedroom, I could see two females in the single bed in the room. Both Goncalves and Mogan were deceased with visible stab wounds. I also later noticed what appeared to be a tan leather knife sheath laying on the bed next to Mogan's right side when viewed from the door. The sheath was later processed and had K-Bar, USMC, and the United States Marine Corps Eagle Globe and Anchor Insignia stamped on the outside of it. The Idaho State Lab later located a single source of male DNA left on the button snap of the knife sheath. Single source on the knife sheath, which is going to show us right here. That's what it looked like. Just a touch on the snap. No fingers anywhere, so you'd think that he wore gloves when this was committed. But not apparently not on the snap that he left in this room. We don't know. Wow. If we're standing here. Madison Kayla were found on the bed in this bedroom. My God. Oh my God. It's a horrible, senseless killing. Senseless. No point. If everything is like they say, and it was Brian Kohlberger, why? He didn't have to kill these people. Just to do it, we don't know. Uh, this is just horrible. I mean, we're going to go down and we're going to look at the uh, escape path. And you saw that footprint. All right. They have a lot of closets in this place. This is where they cook. This is their counter. This is. Well, you'll see right here. This is where they had their food. Jack in the box. That's right. But it kind of looks like a Burger King bag, but it was Jack in the box. DM and BF both made statements during interviews that indicated the occupants of the King Road residence were home by 2 a.m., and asleep, or at least in their rooms, by approximately 4 a.m. This is with the exception of Kernodal, who received a DoorDash order at the residence at approximately 4 a.m. Law enforcement identified the DoorDash delivery driver who reported this information. This crime scene photo shows a DoorDash order near the kitchen sink with Zana's name, but it may not be the actual order she received on the night of the events. We don't know. 
409 right there. This is a kitchen right here. It's saying his, the murderer escaped right through this door right here. Standing here. They say it's confirmed. The male walks toward the back sliding glass door. DM locked herself in a room after seeing the male. DM did not state that she recognized the male. The police investigators to believe the murderer left the scene 12 hours later after the murder. 4 p.m. is when they came out to investigate. So. All right. This is a complete tour. I guess we'll walk out the front. The living room again. It's kind of odd to have your living room on the second floor. But if you walk through here, you see the only thing down here is the front door. You got a room there. You got a room there and you have a bathroom down here. So there's no place for a living room. So maybe a lot of people in... Different houses have to go upstairs to bathrooms, to bedrooms. So here we are right outside of the house, and you'll see there's other things up here that we didn't look at. Do we want to see a satellite view of the area? Not really. Here's a few more photos close by. And what, this one here? Yeah, this is where Nancy Grace was, right? Right up there with the house as a backdrop. Lordy mercy. Oh, Lord. What do we got here? The front of the next house. This is a security camera. Right here. A ring bulb camera. Okay. So this concludes the 3D tour. This was an updated version of the 3D tour because this is the 3D model has been updated recently. had new information on it. I plan on doing another one if it gets updated again. So I want to continue to have that available for you. All right. So if you have any comments or questions, you can call the phone number 325-261-0892. You can leave me a comment or a question to play on the show later and I'll answer it or find someone who can just leave me a message up to three minutes or you can call in when we're live. You can email me at midnightrad.io101 at gmail.com. I want you to check the description below this video. We do have a radio station. Have you ever thought about becoming a DJ because we are hiring DJs? We'll train you. We'll supply you with the equipment. If you're interested, we will show you what to do we will train you to become a dj the number one thing is you have to want to be able to be a dj you have to want it so email me at midnightrad.io101 at gmail.com with the subject line i want to be a dj and we will take you to the next step of realizing your dream of being a dj thank you and all my best